Welcome back to Gold Derby for another Predictions Slugfest. This time we are going to be talking about the SAG Awards, which are scheduled for August 4th, Sunday night. Uh, but they're doing something a little different this year. They're going to reveal the winners uh, a little bit early on Wednesday and Thursday, and they're going to pre-tape those and then put them into the ceremony. So if you have not made your predictions at Gold Derby, go and do that right now in our Prediction Center because the Prediction Center will close Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific. So get that out of the way right, right away. So I, my name is Marcus James Dixon, by the way. I'm here with Zach Laws and Daniel Montgomery. And we are going to be giving you all of our predictions for what we think will win film and TV. Let's start with best film ensemble. The odds on front runner at Gold Derby right now is the trial of Chicago seven, but us three all disagree. We think something else is going to win. And Daniel, what is that? Um, that movie is Minotti. Um, I, 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 I moved it up into my first place position, uh, I think a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly what the, the straw that broke the camel's back was. It might've been the Oscar nominations where we saw Trial of the Chicago 7 kind of underperform a little bit. No Aaron Sorkin. And then Writers Guild, Trial of the Chicago 7 lost that too. So it seems like it's been soft for a while. Um, so yeah, but the good news is, is that it's kind of a coin flip. Uh, I think uh, Chris Beecham, uh, uh, told us uh, just in a, in a conversation a couple of, a week or two ago that uh, The Birdcage is the only film that has won Best Ensemble at the SAG Awards without a Best Picture nomination. So, uh, and in this category, it's only Minotti and Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, you know, the rest of the category is Ma Rainey, uh, which probably came close to a Best Picture Oscar nomination, One Might Night in Miami, which we thought maybe was going to get a Best Picture nomination, and The Five Bloods, which, uh, again, I'm not going to break our heart anymore over that than we already are. Uh, it got a Best Score nomination, that's it, at the Oscars. Uh, did much better at the SAG Awards, but that seems like maybe a little unlikely at this point. So, yeah, uh, it, it, I, think, I think it's going to be Minotti, just because that film has so much more of this groundswell of support it has been building and building uh in the right direction whereas trial of the chicago seven feels like it's been waning uh but i i don't think it's impossible for trial certainly uh, i think i think it's a pretty close two-way race and they love a cast that you can you can hug like these these folks in minari like not only is it my favorite ensemble of the year but i think they also deserve to win and uh, what what do you, what about you, Zach? I mean, I know you and I have kind of been on this Minari train for a while. Are you do you, are you having any you know last minute second thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you take into account what Daniel said, and and also uh, by extension Chris Beecham about um, the fact that no film has won Best Ensemble without a Best Picture nomination since The Birdcage, it really does narrow it down to these two films. Um, even though, you know, you, you should make an argument that um, it, it should be about which film has the best ensemble and not which film has the best chance of winning best picture after winning a SAG award. But I digress. Um, you know, Trial of Chicago 7, after its losses at PGA and WGA, seems to be a weakened um, candidate. And it is a more traditional kind of SAG ensemble winner when you think about the fact that it's a bunch of movie stars and a, a mix of film and television actors. And, um, you know, it's, it's the most kind of like ensemble in the sense that there are a lot of scenes with all of these actors at the same time acting together. So it wouldn't be a surprising winner. But I think that if you look at the, the kinds of films that have been winning SAG Ensemble recently, uh, movies like Parasite last year, uh, films like- um, Black Panther. Black Panther, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's the cast that, like you said, Marcus, that you want to hug. And I think that, you know, the, the Minari cast, both because of who they are, but also because of the kind of film that it is, um, the fact that it is so much a story about family and community and, and coming together. I think that that really has an effect on the people who are voting for this category. Mm -hmm. And Parasite last year, just to remind people, it didn't get any individual nominations at all. And Minari got two individuals plus the ensemble. So if there's any doubt at all that maybe some of these people aren't famous enough, 
I mean, look at, they got Steven Yeun for actor and then they got Yeo Jung Yoon for supporting actress. Like they loved this movie, the voters did. Absolutely. So I, you know, I think that uh, it wouldn't, it would be shocking if any of the other three movies won, but at the same time, considering how weird this Oscar year has been, um, I think if there's one film that could potentially upset, um, it would be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, just because it did get those two individual nominations mm-hmm. for Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis, um, both of whom I think um, have a good chance of winning their awards, as we'll talk about in a little bit here. But I really think that this is Minari's to lose at this point. Um, Daniel, did you want to add anything or should we move on to film actress? Uh, yeah, just that, uh, you know, Minari does have some precedent and that, you know, that sort of has tight-knit family bonds at the center of it, like Little Miss Sunshine and Parasite yeah. did. Um, it is a little bit risky, a prediction, just because it has the second smallest cast nominated. And it happens, like Sideways didn't have that many actors, Little Miss Sunshine didn't have that many actors, uh, and, and they won ensemble anyway. It's more so if they really like you, they like you. Um but, uh, but yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, Ma Rainey has, has the, the fewest most? actors. Is, is uh, the Five of... Bloods has the most. Oh, okay. Uh, it has 15. Trial of the Chicago 7 has 10. Uh, Minotti has uh, seven. And surprisingly, Ma Rainey only has six, but that's because of the way those credits are included in the film. There are like at least three or four noteworthy cast members in Ma Rainey who aren't on the SAG list, which is unfortunate. Well, uh, best film actress. This this category, you know, has been one of the most interesting to watch, shall we say, of, of you know, going from the Globes, where you had Andra Day win, uh, but she's not nominated here, and then the the Critics' Choice was next, and they went with Carrie Mulligan, but Carrie Mulligan's not nominated at BAFTA, so the nominees we have are Carrie Mulligan, Frances McDormand, Viola Davis. Vanessa Kirby and Amy Adams. I am going with Carrie. You know, she seems like somebody that should have more awards than she does, but she's she's like always a bridesmaid at these, you know, award shows. She always gets nominated. She never wins. I think her time has finally come. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I think you're right, but I do think that it's not uh, quite in the bag for her as, as evidenced by the fact that she did lose the Golden Globe to Andre Day. Um, and that she's not nominated at BAFTA. I think that if there's a surprise here, it's Frances McDormand. And that is because she is the only nomination that Nomadland has. Um, And so if they love Nomadland as much as we all think that they do, based on the awards that's been winning at uh, at all these guilds and at the Globes and Critics' Choice, um, she could be a potential surprise here. Uh, Not just at SAG, but at the Oscars as well. Um, I mean, the important thing to remember about SAG and and BAFTA coming up, this is, uh, these are two awards that have industry overlap, right? There are people in the Academy in SAG and there are people in the Academy in BAFTA. And so it's a a completely different group of people voting than at the Golden Globes of Critics' Choice, which have no industry overlap whatsoever. They have an influence undoubtedly about how the race is going to go, but there's no correlation between the people who are voting. So this is our first indication of how these acting races are actually going to go uh, at the Academy. So I would say look out for Frances McDormand as a potential spoiler for Carrie Mulligan. Are you going to predict it though? You only get, <laughs> you only get credit if I you know. predict it. I'm going with Carrie Mulligan right now just because Frances McDormand has several SAG awards. Uh, and Carrie Mulligan has none as of right now, um, but Francis is my number two. So okay. that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and Daniel, who is your one and two? Um, my number one is Carrie Mulligan, um, just because I, I, that's me working backwards from Oscars because I think she's winning the Oscar. And I, if she wins the Oscar, I think she has the best chance at SAG. Uh, but SAG is unique in that they like uh, especially a lot of veteran actors. Um, and here you've got Viola Davis, who SAG Awards love. Like she, mm-hmm. she's, she's won uh, multiple times before for film and TV. Uh, she, 
you know, and then you know, Francis McDormand, who's also won multiple times. Um, either of them could win. Uh, you know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has the ensemble nomination and the Chadwick Boseman nomination and Carrie Mulligan and Francis McDormand are the only nominations for those films. So for that reason, I have Viola ahead of uh, Francis in second place and then Francis in third. Um, but it's like, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me too much if it goes any of those three ways. And honestly, it's one of those interesting years where like a lot of times we get to SAG and when someone is on a certain streak and then they win SAG, it's like, okay, well that's over. Like Renee Zellweger for Judy last year. But like, no matter who wins this award, even if it's Carrie, it's still not like decisive uh, because Carrie wouldn't be able to win BAFTA. You know, Francis could win sag and bafta and still lose the oscar it's it, it could go so many different ways uh which is kind of good i much prefer that to when everybody picks the same thing yeah and clearly no one has given enough thought to any of the movies um so i do prefer this but it, is, it does make our lives more difficult mm -hmm. i did have viola in second place for a long time but i, I changed it about a week ago I put Francis at number two because of exactly what Zach said. You know, this is the one and only chance that SAG voters have to get on the Nomadland train. And we've seen PGA, Critics' Choice, Golden Globes. Everyone seems to love this movie. And SAG will possibly become the only award show that didn't give it anything. So I, I do have her in second. I, it's, it's not crazy to think that she could win this. And I, I know I have about 24 hours to change if I'm going to change. Um, but right now I'm sticking with Carrie. Um, okay, so film actor, unlike actress, actor has, you know, the same person keeps winning over and over, Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey. Uh, it's his last performance, unfortunately, he did pass away. And um, that's also, that's helping him a little bit. It's all, you know, also the fact that he did a really, really good job. And this is a, a performance to really be proud of. And people are rewarding him uh, justly. What do you guys think? Could anyone beat him? I, I'm hearing a lot of Anthony Hopkins um, last minute you know, love for, for this legend. Anthony Hopkins is the one who could beat him. Um, and it's important to remember that he has never won a SAG award in his entire career um, because the SAGs are not around when he won the Oscar for the Silence of the Lambs. Um, and he has not won either an individual prize or an ensemble prize since then. Chadwick Boseman, even though he's never won an individual prize, has won as part of the ensemble for Black Panther. Um, I do think that Anthony Hopkins is a potential Oscar winner for this movie um, because I could easily see him winning hmm. a BAFTA. The Father was a vastly more popular movie at the Academy overall than Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It overperformed in terms of our expectations, whereas Ma Rainey's underperformed. Um, I don't know if, because all of this late breaking buzz for the father basically just happened last weekend when people finally started seeing it. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's going to have an effect on SAG, which is only voting for about 24 more hours. Um, but he is the person who I could see potentially um, upsetting Chadwick. Again, Chadwick has won Critics' Choice and Golden Globes. Those are not industry overlap awards he hasn't won with people who vote for the oscars yet so we're going to really see whether or not um again like if this is going to be like a sweeper in the same way that we saw last year with those four performances mm -hmm. and daniel yeah i think uh i think chadwick is probably safest here out of all of the awards to come just because um, not only did Ma Rainey do so well at these awards, as I mentioned, it has that ensemble nomination, uh, but because there are like 160,000 SAG voters. Um, and so this does tend to be a much more populist award. Um, and, and just the amount of, just the groundswell of support around him has been so huge. He got four SAG nominations, you know, twice <laughs> for ensemble for this and for Ma Rainey. And, for both of his individual performances in those films, uh, you know, for *The Five Bloods and Ma Rainey*, so it 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 feels like very very easy for him to win here, especially if, since *The Father* was so late breaking uh, in the season. 
Uh, he'll have his, uh, Anthony Hopkins will have his shot at BAFTA uh, and he has a shot at the Oscar. Um, if Chadwick loses this, I, I think he loses the Oscar wow. uh, to whoever he loses this award to. I really do because honestly, SAG should be the, that moment where that specific support and that specific kind of emotional support should come through from a very large populist uh, awards body. Uh, so if they go for something like teeny tiny, like The Father, uh, this movie that people are only starting to see, uh, I think that might start the train for Anthony Hopkins. But I, I do think I do think this will be Chadwick, and I do think Chadwick will make it to the Oscars and win that. Mm-hmm. And I do um, just want to say, since you know you brought up, um, you know, uh, merit and circumstance. Uh, there's been just <laughs> feels like every weekend there's a debate over whether or not Chadwick Boseman deserves to win the Oscar or if he's only the front runner because he died. Um, I feel like I have to say this every week, but there's no way of knowing how the Oscar race would have turned out if Chadwick Boseman were alive. I know I wish he was still alive. Um, and I think a lot of other people do as well. Most people I would say probably. Um, circumstance always plays a role in who is the Oscar front runner, whether it's because they've never won before or because they're in a hit movie or because they've been nominated, you know, X number of times, whatever it is. Um, but bottom line, if he doesn't give the performance that he gave in Ma Rainey's, he's not nominated for the Oscar. And we know that because he wasn't nominated for the five bloods when they could have very easily given him a sympathy nomination for that. So I know that we're in the phase of the Oscar season where all of the negative whisper campaigns start, but I just hope that people can remember that, Uh, This was a human being who devoted his life to doing good work and to um, being uh, an inspiration to people. And, um, you know, he has a wife that that loved him. um, And this has got to be just hell for her. But also, um, I wish that um, he was around to enjoy these uh, accolades and praise that he's so richly uh, earning for this film. So I just hope that we can put a lid on that kind of um, negative whisper campaigning. Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing about the circumstances of his death contributing to the Oscar season, the, the thing about the fact that he died at 43 years old, if he had lived, if he had been healthy, and he was, by the way, giving these last four years of performances with cancer. Mm-hmm. So if he had been healthy, like, you know, whatever would have happened with Ma Rainey in the Oscar season, it would not have been his last Oscar nomination. It seems pretty clear, <laughs> given the work he was doing in recent years, and and you know the fact that he gave this performance and this was his last performance means it's not only his first Oscar nomination, it's his last. Um, and so it's you know, you know he he's an actor who was who was on the way to winning an Oscar, uh, and you know, this is just now the first and only chance. So uh, it, it's a worthy performance and we won't know what other films he could have made after it, which is the saddest thing about it. So, so yeah, it, it is a richly deserved award. Uh, but when people start talking about merit, uh, about someone like Chadwick Boseman and not about like, like it, it, circumstance, you know, we're gonna talk about supporting actress soon and whether Glenn Close will win an Oscar for Hillbilly Elegy. If she had won for Dangerous Liaisons 20 years ago, we wouldn't have be having this conversation yeah. about Hillbilly Elegy. So it's <laughs> it, it, like it circumstances everything. Exactly. Well, let's, let's segue there into film supporting actress. And I know Zach, for a while you, you were thinking Glenn could win the Oscar and I guess, she would have to maybe win SAG first or or not? What was your thinking there? And are, are you still predicting SAG for the Oscar? And what are you predicting for SAG? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I think that she could still win the Oscar and lose here at SAG, even though um, according to our odds, she is the front runner. Um, it, it's totally within the realm of possibility that she could win here. Again, this is her first uh, competition at an industry award. Um, I actually have Maria Bakalova predicted to win here. Uh, and I think that she's perhaps becoming the Oscar frontrunner. And that is based solely on the fact that Borat has, you know, overperformed in certain ways in terms of our expectations, winning the Writers Guild Award. Um, 
getting those nominations for for her and for writing at the Oscars. She's somebody who does have an Oscar narrative because she just came out of nowhere to give this performance. And now she's uh, very quickly getting work um, with people like Judd Apatow. Um, I think that, you know, she could potentially become the Oscar frontrunner here at this moment. But I do think there's a path for Glenn to win. And I mm -hmm. think it's either Maria Bakalova or Yu Jung Yoon winning at SAG and then either Maria, ba uh, then the opposite winning at BAFTA basically, right? <laughs> like if there's no consensus pick that comes out of SAG and BAFTA, then I think Glenn can still win the Oscar. But this is a very fluid race, I think. One thing that could help Glenn is the Netflix factor because Hillbilly is on Netflix and looking real fast, none of the other nominees are. So we know in, based in the past you know, three or four years that at least on the TV side, if something's on Netflix, chances are it's going to win over something that's not. And that's because as you mentioned earlier, there are so many voters, 160,000 voters and a lot of them don't watch the screeners. They just watch what they know, what they what they have on their TV. And and so that could definitely help Glenn Close. Uh, what do you have, Daniel? Who do you have winning this? Um, I have Ye Jung Yoon uh, at the moment. Uh, you know, if, if Minari is going to win Best Ensemble, I think she could go along for the ride. <clears throat> but honestly, I say that without any confidence whatsoever. This, this, category, this category has been up in the air, like, you know, Jodie Foster winning for the Mauritanian at the Golden Globes. She's not nominated at the Oscars. Um, and then at the Critics' Choice Awards, Maria Bakalova taking that one. Maria Bakalova could take this one too, because uh, uh, Borat is also on a streaming service. It's on Amazon, uh, which I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm guessing Amazon Prime probably has close to as many subscribers as Netflix does in, in, in the US at least. Um, so that could absolutely happen. She'll definitely have the exposure for it. She could be the Marissa Tomei kind of broad comedy winner who beats a bunch of, you know, more quote unquote prestigious uh, nominees. Um, if, if Bakalova wins here, I'm probably moving her to number one at the Oscars, which is not something I ever uh, thought I would do. I, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. It's like, she, she could win everything and still lose the Oscar because of that specific kind of snobbery or because mm. they're just like, look, Glenn Close has, doesn't have an Oscar. Just give it to her. Just give it to her. Snobbery is uh, the perfect word. I think everyone agrees that her performance is amazing, but is Borat the type of movie that can win an acting Oscar? I mean, it's nothing like that's ever happened before. I mean, apparently yeah, it it's a my cousin movie. Vinny look like Schindler's List in terms of, <laughs> you know, in terms of <laughs> just, just, just it's 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 tone and it's it's stature and it's it's perceived uh, you know style of it. It, it. It's it would be such it would be the it would be perfect for a pandemic year for something that weird to happen. Yeah, um, I do currently have Yajun Yoon winning this, and. I'm only predicting her because Minari is also nominated. If Minari was snubbed, you know, I, I wouldn't even really give this category a second thought. I would be going with Glenn Close. But the love for Minari and Yejung Yoon's career, um, she's been in everything. And I just think it's finally her time to win, you know, a huge award on the American, in, in, in the American industry. So I, I, I am picking her, but this is a, this is a hard one. This is a doozy. And actually, an interesting thing about that, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, because this is a pandemic year, we're not going to get like the, the same televised events with people in crowded rooms. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about like the enthusiasm in the room, like who, whose victory would get a standing ovation? I think Chadwick's would, obviously. Um, and I think Ya Jung Yoon would. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's just a kind of underdog story there about how like she, she's been working for for years uh like she's certainly not a new actress but this is a big international breakthrough for her for this role that's now got her an oscar nomination historic for an asian actress a korean actress um and like if, if i i could so imagine in a normal year her name called for the bafta and just standing ovation throughout the room for her and that just totally launching her towards that oscar uh, she seems like that. I can't. I can't imagine a standing ovation for a Glenn Close, 
um yeah because one they they tried doing this whole thing with the wife a couple of years ago so um you know maria bakalova maybe um olivia coleman has a bunch of awards even though she's never won uh, an individual sag award so i really think ya jung would be that one enthusiastic kind of Mm -hmm. hers would be the speech i would want to see or you know glenn close at the oscars who's never given that i want to see that speech as well they might give you a standing um, ovation if she won the Oscar just because it's like, all right, we finally, we, <laughs> it took us a long time, but we finally did it. <laughs> yeah. um, best film supporting actor. You know, a few weeks ago, I said that this category and lead actor were both locked. And I still feel that way. Is there anyone that could be Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah who wants to uh, jump in there? I mean, this is literally the award that I feel the most confident about predicting. Yeah, I think I think Daniel Kaluuya's got this locked up. Um, there's only three people who got nominated, both at SAG and the Oscars. Um, the others being Sasha Baron Cohen and Leslie Odom Jr. Um, I think that um, Kaluuya is, is far and ahead of, uh, above those guys, uh, just in terms of his odds. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some weird scenario whereby which Chadwick Boseman wins both of his nominations. Um, yeah. So uh, that uh, I have him in fourth for that reason. Um, but I, I really think that this is Kalu used to lose. Um, I don't want to make fun of anyone, but at, in our Gold Derby Prediction Center, Daniel Kaluuya has 2,744 votes. Jared Leto has nine votes. <laughs> So what you're saying is that Jared Leto is a dark horse. There's a chance, yeah, there's still a chance. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Kaluuya is the safest of the acting frontrunners. Um, I do think there is that specter of a possibility that the that the swell of support for uh, for Chadwick Boseman is so great that he just wins every like they give him this. Yeah. Uh, uh, but. Probably not. Like Ma Rainey seems very clearly the choice if you're going to vote for him for one or the other. Um, and it's also a very, very brief role in, in Defied Bloods. Um, so I think the only other scenario, and it seems decreasingly likely because it hasn't been paying off for him very much this season, is that because Sasha Baron Cohen does have the two movies, basically. He's nominated for Trial of Chicago 7. He's also Borat, of course, with uh, you know Maria Bakalova nominated for that. So voters are watching both performances. And I would say that would have a bigger effect, but it hasn't really. Like the only thing he's won so far was the, was the Golden Globe. So... Uh, and that was for Borat itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't see that necessarily being a factor. Uh, uh, and and the fact that they nominated both him and Lakeith at the Oscars shows just all the just the growing industry love for Judas and the Black Messiah. And Lakeith isn't nominated here to uh, to siphon votes away because I, I assume the you know Warner Brothers submitted him as a lead at the SAG Awards. You actually submit to a category as opposed to the Oscars, where the voters can just put you where they want to put you. Um, so yeah, Daniel Kaluuya feels slam dunk is too strong a word in a COVID year, but mm. it's, 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 it's a, it's a sol- it's a layup. Like it's, it's an easy layup. He also <laughs> is, is arguably a lead and I'm looking at all the others in this category. Um, I guess you could say Leslie Odom Jr. is maybe a lead, but, but Daniel and even Sasha Baron Cohen kind yeah. of like, they're all, they're all very borderline. Yeah. Jared Leto even kind of is a co-lead in, in that movie <laughs> sorry i just i'm remembering when everyone was freaking out about jared leto getting an oscar nomination and it was like, yeah <laughs> people prioritize the things that you're getting upset about right <laughs> um and the final movie category is one that the actual sag awards do not include on their um telecast they do it beforehand at on the red carpet which has always been very strange um, but we're going to mention it here because we like stunt people. And, and the nominees for Best Film Stunt Ensemble are Defy Bloods, which is nominated for Ensemble, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, Mulan, News of the World, and The Trial of Chicago 7, which is also nominated for um, Ensemble. I'm going with Defy Bloods. I think this is where it's actually going to win something, Zach. You're going to be so excited. Um, but, but what about Wonder Woman? Didn't the first Wonder Woman win this stunt category a few years back? It did because it had some really good stunts in it as opposed to the second one which had a bunch of computer generated effects um 
not to denigrate the work of the stunt people who got nominated for this movie, but um, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I mean, usually, usually it goes to a big blockbuster. I'm just saying the five bloods um, because I, I got to predict it to win something this year, mm. you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, there's no obvious choice here. Uh, yeah, because like again, like like if you have like a big best picture contender that's like an actiony move, like if, if if like a Dune had been in here, uh, that would probably be your your stunt winner. Um, but you know, *The Five Bloods* is it is very it's a war movie, but it is also very character driven. So, um, you know, it's not a slam dunk. *Wonder Woman* probably not because the first movie people actually liked. Uh, <laughs> of the world would have a chance but again that's a very character driven film with some action in it and also has been underperforming elsewhere throughout the season uh, Mulan could um, actually Mulan might be your spoiler because that's like the most, most obvious stuff. action mm-hmm. yeah that's yes. your most obvious action movie right um, Trial of Chicago 7 even though it has the main I, I, the fact that it got in here, even for the nomination, I think is a testament to how liked it is in, mm-hmm. you know, potentially best, the main ensemble category. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think that has much of a chance here. So I, I think it's probably the five bloods or, or Mulan. And actually now that I mentioned that, cause I, I like my list is like the five bloods, Wonder Woman, News of the World, Mulan. And now I'm realizing, no, maybe Mulan should be my number two. Yeah. <laughs> I finally saw Mulan and I was not looking forward to it because of all of the bad press. I loved it. It was so good. And the, I'm, I'm looking, at my predictions, I have it in fourth too. I definitely need to move that up. I may even do something crazy and put it at number one. See, uh, Mulan would be this year's Wonder Woman, not Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just have to say, I mean, looking at these nominees, I'm really shocked that Tenet wasn't nominated because, you know, whatever your personal feelings about Tenet are, um, like there's some amazing, just practical stunt work in that movie. Um, people are like jumping on buildings and leaping from moving cars and all this other stuff. I think a real plane crashing into a hangar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, if that was nominated, I would predict that in a heartbeat. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if yeah. it were nominated, I think it would win in a heartbeat. Yeah, just yeah. like the fact that it didn't get in is the strangest part. Cause it, you know, it's not your big, it's not the Christopher Nolan movie that wins a bunch of Oscars, um, but like it's still in the Oscar conversation. It has a couple of Oscar nominations um, and it was one of the few blockbusters that really got released. Um, and it's so stunning. Like it's the one award that movie would absolutely deserve to win. Um, and it's, yeah, it's weird that it just, that it wasn't even nominated. And where's Borat? You know, the, the whole Rudy Giuliani scene, that was meticulous. <laughs> All of the stunts in that scene were amazing. <laughs> Well, let's she should win the Oscar on. just for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on to TV. And what, you know what? Let's just start with stunts, TV stunts. Why not? Yeah. Um, the nominees here are The Mandalorian, The Boys, Cobra Kai, Lovecraft Country, and Westworld. To me, I think this one's between Mandalorian and The Boys. I mean, you have The Boys, which is the action, the huge blockbuster action, action show with, I'm thinking immediately of this fight between, oh, I'm gonna forget their names. Um, but the, the two people in the trailer, the lovers who were fighting, um, if you're a fan of the show, you know what I'm talking about. And then you have the Mandalorian, which everyone loves Baby Yoda and he doesn't do a lot of stunts, but um, there was that great episode with Bill Burr and, and Pedro Pascal going to the, uh, the, the stormtrooper headquarters or whatever. And there was, I just remember, you know, watching that going, you know, this is, this is fantastic. This is the most exciting, you know, stunt scene I've seen ever on the Mandalorian. So what do you guys think? I think it's the Mandalorian, but I also think that maybe the, a potential spoiler is Lovecraft country, just because um, it's, it, it's got such fantastical um, stunt work to it. And also it is an ensemble nominee. So that might, um, that might help push it over the top here, but I'm going with the Mandalorian because it's Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Mandalorian is is not a lock, but I I feel pretty comfortable with it winning. Um, it won the stunt uh, coordination award at the Emmys last fall, and this is for season two, and that was for season one, so it's a little different. But I, I don't. Know, I think I think the same uh, mentality applies. It's 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 the like even though the boys is here and Westworld is here, it feels like the most action show of 
these entire nominees. Um, and and so and it's it's such a huge hit. Um, yeah, that, it's yeah, the most it, popular. It, of yeah, it feels it feels like it would be hard for it to to lose this. Right. And no, no Game of Thrones. We should mention um, that that show has won the stunt category. I think seven eight. times, possibly eight. eight. Every time yeah, it, was it never lost. It never lost. <laughs> so we're gonna have a new stunt winner. That's gonna be exciting. Okay, so let's move on to TV drama ensemble. Everybody seems to be picking the Crown, but I have the Crown in second place. I actually have Bridgerton at number one. And I realized they're both Netflix and I was gonna say, well, the Netflix one's gonna win, but um, so that doesn't help me there. But the Bridgerton cast is huge. I believe it's 28 people. Whereas the crown is, don't quote me on this, more like 10. And as we know, oftentimes the show with the biggest cast wins. And with Bridgerton, you also have the diversity in terms of gender and in terms of race. And that really helps, especially when you have such a big voting body. Uh, does anyone think Bridgerton can actually win? I think Daniel, you wrote an article on this, right? Yeah, I have it. I moved it up into second place recently. I think it's that or the Crown. The Crown has the momentum, and um, <clears throat> the fact that it's been gobbling up everything. It won best uh, best ensemble last year when it didn't even have as many nominations. It didn't have Emma Corrin. It didn't have Gillian Anderson as part of that ensemble. So, uh, like, it, it, you know, if it was loved then, it's probably more loved now. But yeah, Bridgerton is the SAG show. It, yeah. it was it was built to win SAG. It's from Shonda Rhimes, like Grey's Anatomy, which won SAG. Um, <clears throat> it's this huge cast navigating British high society, like Downton Abbey, which won it like three times uh, with that enormous cast list. Uh, it's also reminiscent of first year water cooler hit shows like Stranger Things also on Netflix, which won for its first season. Um, you know, it, it also like from the size of its cast and the, uh, uh, the, the diversity of its cast, it's also reminiscent of multiple winner Orange is the New Black on the comedy side. It's yeah. like, it, it's like your, it was, it was genetically constructed to win this SAG award. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to decide if it will beat the crown when the crown just keeps winning everything. Um, and, and, and the, the SAG awards really like repeat winners. So the crown mm -hmm. won last year and it could win this year and next year and the year after that potentially. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right now sort of uh, playing it safe with the crown, but Bridgerton, yeah. man, that, like I'm so tempted to switch. I am going with the front runner and I believe every, oh no, there's one, okay. There's one other category where I have a, a shocker. So. I mean, if, if, I, if you're going to win a contest, you can't go with the front runner on each one. You have to go on these limbs, you know, occasional limbs that make sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, Zach, what about you? You have the crown too, I'm guessing? I do, yeah. I mean, Bridgerton's my, my second um, for, the, for all the reasons you guys have said. I should point out that um, Netflix has three drama ensemble <laughs> nominees mm -hmm. and actually 11 nominations throughout the three drama categories, um, including an entire field of, of actresses on the drama side so clearly netflix does help um your tv show getting nominated and winning um the one thing we know that sag loves more than big casts is repeat winners and yeah. if this was a weaker season of the crown i would say that bridgerton had more of a shot but this is the season of the crown um it's won everything it's been nominated for and it is nominated in let's see four individual actors throughout uh, the best actor and best actress race. It just seems so hard for me to, to bet against that. I know. Um, but uh, I think... I'm starting to regret my decision. <laughs> I mean, you got There's do... still time to change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're right. It has the four individuals, which when we get to comedy, I'm going to say, you know, Schitt's Creek is winning ensemble because it has four individuals nominated. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even using my same logic here, but <laughs> oh, well, let's see what happens if I change my mind or not. You have bragging rights if you get Bridgerton right. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, I will use those bragging rights for years <laughs> and years to come. Hidden <laughs> figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we know. We, we know. We all um, know. For TV drama actor, I did have Reggae Jean Page winning as well for a while, but 
I switched to Josh O'Connor a few days ago. Um, do you guys think Josh is winning? He also won the Golden Globe and he won the Critics' Choice. I think he's winning the Emmy too uh, when yeah. those come about. It's, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I thought that he was, I didn't even have him as the front runner, actually. I was predicting uh, uh, Jason Bateman uh, for yeah. Ozark. But as soon as he won the critics, uh, no, as soon as he won the Golden Globe, sorry, it's, it's hard to keep track of what happened first uh, when we haven't been able to go outside in so long. Um, I just thought, <laughs> wow, not only is the love for the crown real, but the love for Josh O'Connor in the crown is real. So I, I just think he's going to continue um, winning prizes for this performance up until the Emmy ceremony. Yeah, I and think this is where he's yeah. the most vulnerable. I, I think Josh O'Connor is, I, I, I put him at number one, but I do think uh, it's, it's a close one with Jason Bateman. Because uh, again, it's another repeat situation. He won the last time he was nominated for Ozark. They liked Ozark enough to nominate, uh, you know, the series for Ensemble and uh, both of the main female cast members, uh, Laura Linney and uh, Julia Garner. Um, so they really, really like Ozark. Um, if, you know, the only thing keeping me from predicting Bateman to win again is, again, with how time has passed in this last year, it feels like Ozark happened a decade ago. <laughs> and, and, and we've seen that, we've seen that in how it hasn't really been managing to win much. Uh, it only won the one Emmy for Julia Garner. Uh, it didn't win any of its Globe nominations. Um, did it win anything at Critics' Choice? I can't remember. I don't. I don't think. I it don't did. believe so. No, but it did win so, the Writers Guild yeah. Award for individual. It did episodic yeah. television. So, but yeah, it. So, I I do think Bateman is still right in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, it feels like it feels like there's just so much more heat on the crown. And especially, you know, I don't know if this if the voters actually consider this, but um, you know, this is Josh's final season on the crown, and he'll be replaced next year just like all the cast members will be replaced so if they wanted to give him a trophy this would be the time to do it yeah um speaking of you could say the same thing about three of the women on the crown jillian anderson emma corin and olivia coleman this is their last chances as well i think we have jillian anderson winning this but this is tough because jillian plays a, a supporting character whereas Emma and Olivia are leads. And uh, similarly, Julia Garner is supporting and Laura Linney is a lead. And those are the five nominees. Um, who wants to take this one? Who could beat Jillian? And why is Jillian the front runner? Emma Corrin could beat Jillian. Um, and then Olivia Coleman could beat them both. Cause I think you could even make the argument that Emma is supporting Olivia Coleman, right? Who is uh, the definitive lead of the crown. Um, this is so hard to choose because Emma Corrin and Jillian Anderson have both been winning prizes for the crown. They're not in the same category in all those other awards races. This is the one and only time they're coming up against each other. It would make sense that if Josh O'Connor is gonna win best actor, Emma Corrin would win best actress because that storyline between Charles and Diana drives so much of the tension in season four of the crown. On the other hand, Margaret Thatcher also drives so much of the drama of season four of The Crown. And Gillian Anderson is just like, I mean, she's able to outact Meryl Streep in the same role. Like <laughs> who can say that about themselves, right? It's just a stunning transformation into this woman who there's, there's so much archival footage of. Um, it, like I, I just have a hard time seeing her losing this. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I think Gillian Anderson, I, I think Gillian Anderson is like, interestingly, even though she has two co-stars who could potentially split votes with her, I think Gillian Anderson is, is safer than Josh O'Connor. Um, wow. Just because it's the, it's a supporting role, but it's the most transformative. Um, it's an actor who the SAG Awards already like. Gillian uh, Anderson is a past SAG Award winner for the X-Files. Um, again, it's, it's the situation of how the SAG Awards often prefer veteran performers to the kind of up and comers. Um, and so that would give her, Julianne Anderson, an edge over Emma Corrin a bit. <clears throat> um, 
and and again it's her one and only chance for this role it's emma corns as well but uh emma corn uh is this kind of newcomer who could uh you know this is her introduction to to, to high society to to borrow from bridgerton um, uh she'll 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 have many other uh potential chances uh at these awards uh and honestly so jillian anderson um but but yeah it just it just feels like such a sag sad role like you know uh john lithgow won for his supporting performance as winston churchill his season of the crown so it, it feels like jillian anderson's going to do the same um comedy ensemble i i think we all have schitt's creek um the other nominees are ted lasso the flight attendant dead to me and the great and what's interesting is the those other four that i just mentioned this is their first nomination in this uh, ensemble category schitt's creek was nominated for the first time last year but it lost to the marvelous mrs Maisel. so and again this is kind of the netflix factor even though schitt's creek is not a netflix show that's how it became so popular was people streaming it on the service and and loving loving it you know they just binged all five six seasons all at once so um i do have Shits creek winning i i think ted lasso would be in second place uh but i i do think ted lasso will get another trophy uh which we'll talk about later i think you know if uh if there is a spoiler it is ted lasso just because it is the new Shits creek right, in terms of being that warm-hearted show that people have discovered during the pandemic and um, has helped get them through it. Um, but I think that when you look at the fact that this is the last time Schitt's Creek is gonna be up for this award and the fact that they gave it four acting nominations, everybody in its cast who won Emmys last year is up for SAG Awards this year. It, it feels kind of undeniable that they're going to give it a goodbye hug um, Ted Lasso will obviously have more opportunities in the future to win this award, uh, maybe even next year, depending on when its second season premieres. Um, but yeah, I think that this is Shit's Creek's to lose. I think it's a two-way race, but it's not that close. Um, I do think Ted Lasso could upset, but I feel like Shit's Creek is very uh, solidly at, out front. Uh, the one reservation, of course, is that uh, Ted Lasso did beat Shit's Creek at the Critics' Choice Awards, which shows that the Shit's Creek spell is starting to wear off a little bit in terms of, you know, like it's been winning everything, everything, everything. It's like, okay, we're, we've done this. Let's, let's move on. Uh, but like, again, those four nom individual nominees for its cast, uh, sort of just like at the Golden Globes, I think that puts... Uh, Shit's Creek uh, on top here. Like if, if if Ted Lasso had gotten Hannah Waddingham in, I would be more uh, inclined to say it would potentially win here. And it still could, but uh, yeah, I, I think Shit's is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I just like what you said there. I won't repeat it because it's... <laughs> <laughs> I do think that you know, the fact that two of the Schitt's Creek people are supporting and they got in here in these categories, which are, you know, supporting versus lead, even Annie Murphy, who many considered, you know, not as strong as possibly Dan Levy, you know, in the corresponding supporting race, but the fact that they all got in is, is huge. And you're right, Hannah, if she had got in for Ted Lasso, we would have to take a second look at Ted Lasso. I think she's winning the Emmy though. So there you go, Hannah. Um, okay, so TV comedy actor, I think we all have, we're all so boring. I think we all have the same one again. We all have Jason Sudeikis with probably Eugene Levy in second and then Dan Levy in third and then either Rami Youssef or Nicholas Holt in fourth and fifth. Though that's, I don't, I don't want to say anyone's last there because they're both so good. Now, Daniel, why don't you go first on this one? Uh, yeah, this is, and honestly, I think Shit's Creek could have won this, um, but I do think this would be, this is, this is your vote split situation. Um, oh, yeah. where I can see Eugene Levy as the sort of veteran beloved actor would be very much up Sag's alley and Dan Levy as really the, the kind of heart and soul of the show um, and the driving force of the you know, final season, his, his whole wedding that ended the show. Um, and he, he's very much the breakout beloved star of that. I feel like they're going to divide enough support that a very strong Ted Lasso is going to be able to uh, take this one. Um, 
but yeah, I, I do think those are the only three probably in this. No offense to Nicholas Holt and Rami Youssef. Um, you know, Nicholas Holt is not totally out of it because they did nominate the great for ensemble cast. That was pretty unexpected. So, um, but yeah, I, I, do, I do think this is the three-way race. We went 45 minutes without seeing vote split. So uh, congratulations to all of us. Uh, okay, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, I actually have uh, my number two and number three flipped. I've got Dan Levy ahead of Eugene Levy, but uh -huh. it really doesn't matter because I think that Jason Sudeikis is gonna win this on a walk. I mean, you know, he is, he's Ted Lasso. And um, it is a show that people love. I think they're gonna to wanna to give it something. Um, and, you know, knowing that Dan and Eugene will both be taken care of in an ensemble victory, I think will maybe give people more of a, an opportunity, let's say, to vote for Sudeikis for this prize. Um, yeah, I, I do think that those are, it's between those three guys and because Dan and Eugene seem to be kind of neck and neck, um, I, I think that um, it, it allows Sudeikis to just dominate this category um, on the way to the Emmys. Um, so TV comedy actress, could we see a similar situation where the two Shits Creek ladies and the two Dead to Me ladies all kind of cancel each other out? And who would win in that situation? It'd be Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Is that possible? I know we all have Catherine O'Hara winning. I don't even think we need to say that, but it's possible. Yeah, I mean, if Kaylee, I, I mean, let me say, put it this way. I remember last year saying that Jennifer Aniston would easily win the Golden Globe and Olivia Coleman would win SAG and mm -hmm. those two got reversed. So anything's possible, um, especially, you know, Kaylee, I thought would win the Golden Globe in a walk. She did not. Um, Catherine O'Hara took that. I do think that this isn't a vote split situation. All love to Annie Murphy, who I will say I predicted would win the Emmy along with all of her co-stars. Um, uh, there's my bragging rights. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, you know, I think people are gonna wanna give Catherine O'Hara one last prize for this performance. Yeah. She's never won at the SAG Awards, right? That's crazy. <laughs> She only, I think uh, she only has a couple prayer nominations and one was for Temple Grandin where she lost, cause she was a supporting actress and she lost to her lead, uh, Claire Danes. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I think Catherine O'Hara wins this. It's not a vote split situation because between the two, um, I think <clears throat> uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara is your pretty clear choice. Um, like, like she's the Steven Soderbergh for traffic where Annie Murphy is the Steven Soderbergh for Aaron Brockovich in this <laughs> situation. Um, although I do, again, like Kaylee Cuoco is possible because they nominated the flight attendant for ensemble. They clearly love it. It has such great buzz and, and like Ted Lasso, uh, it, it was late in the year. And, uh, and so it, it like peaked at a much better time. Uh, you know, Schitt's Creek is fighting the fade, um, whereas, uh, you know, the flight attendant has been on, on, on the rise, um, has been taking off, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that could happen in much the same way that Jennifer Aniston won for the morning show. It's like the hot new show that we don't usually look to the SAG to award the hot new show, but occasionally. Um, so, and on a new streaming service, like Jennifer Aniston won for the Apple Plus kind of, you know, inaugural year and, and Kaylee Cuoco could do sort of the same for HBO Max. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Catherine O'Hara feels like the kind of performance that just wins the season. Like it's just, it's just like season long coronation. Like this is your victory lap and, and also a career uh, recognition award for, for all her work, um, especially because she hasn't won a lot of these awards very much before. Uh, so if at all so yeah better late than never um so we have two more categories i want to do actress first and end with actor because i'm predicting an upset for actor so that'll be somewhat something you know exciting to talk about actress though i'm just going with the odds anya taylor joy the queen's gambit she won the golden globe she won the critics choice for a while here i did have kate blanchett winning for mrs america because of what Daniel was saying earlier about the veteran vote, you know, Kate Blanchett is beloved and she's the movie star and all of that. 
but it's hard to bet against someone like Anya Taylor-Joy, the up-and-comer, who also, you know, is was an Emma, which is a, a motion picture, so she has eyeballs there too. Um, do you guys both have Anya, uh, Zach? I mean, it's really hard to vote to bet against Anya when you consider that the Queen's Gambit was so strong that it got Bill Camp in to lead actor, or well, to movie many actor, I should say. Um, he's really only got one episode in that show and they loved it enough to nominate him alongside people who were the leads of their entire program. Um, so I just feel like that is a sign of strength for uh, the Queen's Gambit. I would also say though that um, as our social media manager, one of the most popular tweets I put out was about the possibility of Kate Blanchett winning the SAG award for Mrs. America wow. um, after losing the Emmy, the Golden Globe, the Critics' Choice. Um, so I don't know, may, it, it, she's a good number two, I think. Um, if you're gonna predict an upset, I would say go with uh, Kate Blanchett. Um, no disrespect to the other three, Michaela Cole, Nicole Kidman, Carrie Washington. Um, I, I feel like any of them could be winners in any other year. Um, I just think that um, Anya Taylor-Joy is, she's on a winning streak right now and we'll see if that carries over to the Emmys. Uh, but for right now, I think she's got a good, she's on a good streak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I too was predicting Kate Blanchett early on because these categories are so tricky. Um, someone gets on a hot streak and then you get that sort of veteran appreciation where we hadn't seen love before, like last year, um, Sam Rockwell winning for uh, Fosse Verdon, um, uh, 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 Brian Cranston winning for All the Way when, when he had lost the Emmy. Uh, so like that makes Kate Blanchett really strong, um, even though it does feel like no one cares about Mrs. America anymore very much. Um, <laughs> Like it, it does, like it feels, it feels like the air went out of it so much after like Watchmen just like drank its entire milkshake at the Emmys, <laughs> except for Uzo Aduba, who's not nominated here. Um, so it, it, it feels like the air has gone out of it and like there's just so much enthusiasm for Anya Taylor-Joy that it feels like it feels like it's 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 just kind of the momentum is going to continue for her. I actually think probably the most vulnerable Anya Taylor-Joy will be will be at the Emmys because by then uh, the Queen's Gambit will be several months old and there's an opportunity that it could start to fade uh, depending on what else, uh, what other uh, movie miniseries start to rise. Uh, but yeah, I, I think she'll continue that here, especially with that Bill Camp nomination alongside her. And speaking of Bill Camp, that is my surprise pick to win movie mini actor. Whoa! And yes, <laughs> I, I thought about it the other day. He is the veteran. Uh, I, you know, I guess Mark Ruffalo could be considered a veteran, and, and Hugh Grant and, and Ethan Hawke. But Bill Camp is more veterany than them. He's worked with everybody, right? TV, film. This guy is so beloved, and this is his first ever SAG nomination. So. The Queen's Gambit bump will push him over the edge. That's my prediction. And this, first of all, this category is absolutely crazy because Mark Ruffalo wins at the Emmys and at the Golden Globes, but then he loses to John Boyega, who was a supporting player at the at the Golden Globes, and John Boyega is nominated here. So it's it's a very strange category that that's been going on all year long. I I don't think Mark Ruffalo is going to do it, even though. He personally gave my my favorite performance of the year. Mark Ruffalo did. Um, what do you guys think? I, I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I, I'm only going with Mark Ruffalo because I didn't predict him to win the Emmy or the Golden Globe, and then he did. Um, but then, of course, as soon as I predicted him to win at the Critics Choice Awards, he lost to John Boyega, like you said. So <laughs> maybe maybe my predicting him will actually help your prediction pay off. Um, I don't know. It is a weird category. Like I just said, Bill Camp was able to get nominated for basically one episode of mm -hmm. a six-part limited series. So, I mean, they liked him enough to nominate him for that. Um, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Um, I might move him up to number two just because of all the things that you said. So, 
And he, yeah. he's also the only Netflix contender here. I mean, we have HBO and Disney and another HBO and a Showtime. And we know that these voters love Netflix and they have very easy access to it. Very true. Yeah, I, I think Bill Camp could be that character actor appreciation award, especially because at the SAG Awards, you've got actors voting. Uh, so I think they will be more inclined than anyone else to celebrate an actor who has been working for so long um, and has been getting his due kind of later in his career. Uh, Tony nominee, Emmy nominee, now a SAG nominee. Uh, <clears throat> so he does have that, uh, and I think he could win the Emmy, certainly. Uh, but I do yeah. think that, again, I've been burned by Mark Ruffalo and with Mark Ruffalo all season. <laughs> so, but I think if Mark Ruffalo could win the Golden Globe for, I know this much is true on the only nomination, you know, the fact that he, you know, is that veteran actor. He's won here before for the Normal Heart when he lost the Emmy for that. Um, so, yeah, I feel like this is probably of all of these awards the one that he should win the most like uh, like it, it seems like the most you know kind of thing that would be the one that would go to him out of all of the ones that he's already won um this seems like it should be the most likely but again you know the whole olivia coleman will win sag and jennifer aniston will win the golden globe thing like it, it, it's Still, it's still kind of haunting because it's like, okay, well, maybe we're overestimating certain factors with the SAG Awards, and maybe they're changing a bit in terms of demographics or or, or preferences. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I think I, I I can't bet against Mark Ruffalo here. Mm. Well, we will see. There there are a lot of categories that are up in the air. I, it just so happens there are more categories that seem to be very locked up. But we will all see together on uh, Sunday, April 4th. One last reminder to get your predictions in before Tuesday at 5 p.m. Um, thank you everyone for watching and we will have another Slugfest next week. It probably won't be as long. <laughs>